Hola, buenos días, soy Nico. Welcome to the aesthetic room. That's what I decided on the name. I'm prop. I don't think I'm going to change it. I might change it. I'm very, very fickle. But <laughs> today we're going to be talking about trade and or masculine gay representation within gay media and the recent episode of P-Valley. Um, so the episode of P-Valley made some stir, uh, season two, episode three, depending on when this comes out. And I made a video on it and a lot of people are, are agreeing with the um, standpoint of a lot of people were turned off not only because, you know, it's man on man action, because there was also female on female action and it was a double standard, but also that it's no longer the dynamic of hyper femme non-binary because Uncle Clifford identifies as non-binary she, her. I was incorrect in the video and people politely corrected me. Uh, I even made that disclaimer in the video that I might be incorrect, but they're more afraid of the masculine on masculine dynamic because it showed that anybody could possibly be gay. Your homeboy, your cousin, your uncle, your father. It showed that we aren't a monolith and we aren't running on these stereotypes of feminine gay men and that there's a basically variety. And that scared a lot of people. That scared a lot of people, but I also wanted to talk about how that was a proper representation of masculine gay men. Because, you know, when we have, whenever we have these discussions about representation, it's usually people saying we need more, but masculine men saying, okay, but feminine gay men are the ones that usually have the more representation. And I thought it was interesting because it's true to a degree. When we look at heterosexual products, they usually do the stereotypical hyperfemme, you know, gay man as the comedic relief, the gay best friend, etc. But when we look at actual gay cinema outside of the white gay cinema, because they also uplift the feminine, when we look at black or brown, it's usually the masculine archetypes such as Moonlight or I'd say Noah's Ark is one of the few ones that are like black and brown that also highlight the feminine and the masculine. But for the most part, our representation is the DL thug, you know, the trauma, the black experience, etc. But Prince Onyx, you had your hand up first. What would you like to join in on? Yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, that's where it really lies at when it comes to black and brown projects is like, there's this heavy imbalance of if it, it, it's either predominantly masculine, like rather Moonlight or the new movie that came out that um, Justice Smollett had directed, the B-Boy Blues, where it's just like masculine centered and if they have a character that's feminine, it's like the audience gets upset about that. So then when it comes to P-Valley, like you just said, it shows that anybody can get, anybody can be gay. Gay does not have a monolithic look. And because we have been programmed and trained in our minds to think that, okay, being gay or being trans or being non-binary, being any part of the rainbow community has a specific look and it doesn't. Um, and I feel it like, I feel like people are just really upset because now they have to question themselves and maybe now they're questioning people around them like oh is my baby daddy possibly gay is my ex-boyfriend gay is my male cousin who, cousin who i'm best friends with gay is this person gay because they don't look gay they don't talk gay they don't sound gay quote unquote and it's like y'all realize we're not a monolith we're not all painted with one broad stroke of paint you know you'll have those who are feminine and they sit in their femininity femininity that's fine. You have those who are masculine, they sit in their masculinity, that's fine. You have guys like myself who straddle, not even so much straddle the fence, but we're right in the middle where we are able to tap into both properties and we don't box ourselves in into necessarily one or the other. We're just right in the middle and it is what it is. So yeah, it's just like, I feel like there just needs to be a balance and better representation and it just needs to be respected across the board. Even when it comes to us, again, 
when it comes to moonlight, there should be something like a Noah's Ark that plays into both the feminine and masculine or something that's just for the films or whatever the case is. Like there just needs to be more of a diverse palette when it comes to media, especially black and brown queer media. I agree, I agree. And that's the thing, when we have these conversations about masculine representation, people are always saying, oh, we need more of this, we need more of this. But I actually saw a few DL people on Twitter, quote unquote DL, because you know, real DL people are not usually on Twitter broadcasting, I am DL, I'm this, I'm that, girl, you in the shadows. But that's my personal understanding of that complex. Um, a lot of them were mad because it was clocking their teeth. It was clocking their tea and they were saying, oh, well, I don't like how I did this, did that, but mostly because in the process, it showed that, yeah, the homeboy, they could be real intimate behind closed doors, but I really think that display was necessary. Um, Justin, you also had your hand up. I feel like we, as gay men, despise feminine um, representation. It's like, oh, they straight people like to make a caricature out of gay men and say they were all feminine, which, which is in some cases true, I'm not gonna lie. But however, a lot of straight people, specifically straight cis hat black, straight cis hat black people, prefer um, you know, the masculine proto J of a gay man, but but never the feminine proto J is mainly because mainly because like, you know, we're, we're like, you know, reminds them of black women. So that's why we get treated like shit, I guess. But you know, this is representation. This is not in general conversation. But as far as representation, like, you know, we need, we need to like diversify because diversified like the gay black representation. It's like, all of us are not like trade, okay? And all of us are not like, you know, feminine. But I feel like, you know, the feminine part it's like, you know, a caricature. It's like a sidekick to somebody's, like, woman, cis, heterosexual woman's best friend. Like, that's how most gay Black men are, like, you know, presented if we are feminine. And I just want to change because you can be feminine and not be, like, you know, a caricature or, like, you know, somebody's, like, you know, straight female best friend, like, child. Yeah, yeah, I definitely understand that. And wanting the variety is understandable. And I feel like in today's media, we're slowly moving towards that because prior, like I said, we were just the feminine, funny, gay best friend. And now we're beginning to see more representations of masculine gay men. And uh, like I said prior, I thought it was funny because they're always saying we need more, but when we look at our major products within our communities, it's usually uplifting the, the more masculine. But a lot of people don't understand that a lot of gay people are in the spectrum between masculine and feminine. You know, a lot of people just embody both or embody more one, like more so than the other. And they think it has to be this polarized, you pick one or the other. Uh, Star Mother, we're finally at you, Miss Mamas. First off, I just want to say, hey, daddy. Secondly, um, <laughs> secondly, I mean, also, when are we going to acknowledge that male's sexuality is also on its own spectrum? There's no one way or the other. Like, there are some males who are 7 out of 10, like, towards other men, and then that 3 out of 10 towards female. There's people like you, Nico, who are, who are bisexual in their own spectrum. Like, there's levels to this. There are literal levels to this, and I really do wish that just beyond the conversation of masculinity 
and femininity in the gay community, especially the black queer gay community, we could also, doesn't, never mind. Anyways, what I'm trying to say, wrapping this up quickly, if we talk about how like there's just, yes, there's no monolithic, there's no monolithic gay man. There's no monolithic gay black man. There's no monolithic gay person. We are a spectrum. We are people. We are allowed to exist as more than one mold. And I think that's really is good to have that representation on TV. Because if it's not on TV, then we get stuck playing the same god dang roles over and over and fucking over again. Oh, wait, can I cuss on this? Oh, well, it's too late now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's just that's me on that. So thank you for your time. Hey, Daddy, once again. Oh I love my you. God. Okay, okay, Miss Daddy. Okay. But <laughs> I, I definitely agree with the standpoint of if we don't show these other forms of representation, then we're not going to actively see it in the future just because they're going to think, oh, well, this sells, so we're just going to stick with this archetype. And CKC brought up an uh, interesting point in the comments saying also, so straight Black men actually like gay, bi, pan, et cetera, masculine men, or do they find that shit intimidating? And I think that's interesting because I feel like they always say, okay, yeah, I'm cool with gay people, just don't flirt with me, or you have to be not on that, you know, sugar in the tank, fruity stuff. But when they actually come in contact with a masculine gay man, the masculine gay man in that environment usually goes stealth. If you know what I mean, they're usually incognito. They're one of most masculine gay men that I've met personally, that sure there are some that openly broadcast about their sexuality, but most just don't bring it up if it's not addressed just because they have that freedom to blend in in heterosexual society. Because in the South, I personally blend in. Like, if I don't have to actively explain my sexuality to people just for a safety reason, I just don't bring it up. Uh, most people, especially because I'm tall and muscular, don't assume. But if I actively let my, like, speech go a bit, they'll pick it up. So I just actively try to just, you know, day-to-day -day blend in. Um, I don't know who had their hand up first, Alan or Ken? Ken, okay. So Ken, raise your, uh, unmute your mic. Yes, as the, the masculine man of the group. Um. <laughs> Girl, you lay. I play with a whole thing I do. That was like everybody a chuckle. So as somebody who kind of floats in between that section, like Prince Onyx says, like, I, I think it is important to have that to show that we're not all just one, t one type of individual. I think so many people forget that gay men are more than just someone who's loud with a lisp and obnoxious and all this other bullshit. You know what I mean? Like we were like, some of us are actually smart. Some of us are actually capable of like, you know, being decent human beings. Not all of us are messy and ratchet and want to swing on somebody for no fucking reason. Like, like th there's more to us than just seeing what you've been seeing it's and if it's weird for you to think like oh what well, now my man could be gay i'm like no it's like yeah somebody's probably dl you probably know somebody who's dl ain't nothing wrong with that but at the same time stop assuming that everybody's gonna fall to the same spectrum not everybody walks around carrying a purse or a switchblade like they, we run the gamut you know what i mean and so it's just th that's just how i see it no, I definitely understand, but I feel like when people can lump people into certain groups and identify them more easily, it makes them feel more comfortable, as in they have more awareness of the situation. But like you said, especially when the conversation, I remember when that video of women saying, I would rather be cheated on than date a bisexual man came up. It's like, girl, if your man was going to cheat, if your man was bisexual or if he was DL, he was going to do it anyway, whether he was feminine presenting or hyper-masculine. So I never understood like, 
the fear around seeing a different archetype of gay man because honestly I really feel that's what shook people. The fact that Teak and, you know, Lil Murder, because I got I got dragged for calling him C Murder. I don't know why I kept calling him C Murder. Because Lil Murder, they look like typical straight men, especially in the South. Um, Alan, you have your- but low, All right, sorry, low key. Both of those actors are fully straight with, with girlfriends and wives. That shit was blowing me. I was say- They are, okay. but they are still fine black men and I will stand on that pedestal. Um, Alan, you have your hands up. I don't, I think it's interesting that people are, you know, harping on like the masculinity of these two characters because I don't, I don't necessarily think either of them are healthy representations of masculinity. Like they're, they're both pretty toxic as far as their masculinity goes. I think it's, I think it's interesting, especially Teak. Teak is very toxic. I know you haven't, I don't know, I don't know how many of you guys are caught up, but Teak is very toxic. Like he's straight out of jail. He's, so he, he, he's very, and he, and this, uh, the show makes a point to uh, emphasize his aggressiveness. And like, so he's very toxic in that way. And so I think it's, I think it's, and then every time, we have these conversations about masculinity it always i feel like it always devolves into like this like people start throwing around like these weird like um internalized homophobic uh isms and they're like oh i'm not like the other girls like i'm not like i'm not like the dolls i'm not you know and it's it's very much like it's one thing to call, try to you know emphasize your own representation in media and you know try to emphasize you know that you believe that you know um, all spectrums of gay men should be represented at you know all different sort of facets of lives and jobs and things like that. But I think it's I think that you know, even having, sometimes even having these conversations around masculinity, a lot of times it's not really worth it because a lot of people aren't even really ready to have a conversation about the parts of the, the parts of those masculinity that's, um, that's toxic to begin with. Like people want gay men to be really misogynistic about the way that, you know, that they, like in order to be accepted, a lot of times gay men have to sort of shun and belittle anything that's feminine, right? So that oh, you know, like I'm not like those, you know, purse wearing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you know, you know, I know that I'm not really saying that about like necessarily anybody that's in here, but I think that it's it generally a lot of times that's what the conversation becomes, and then so it it says that you have like the the more feminine gay men back into a corner because they're like, why, like, why are we even in the conversation? Why can't, um, why can't more masculine gay men sort of tout the type, the kind of representation they like to see without ragging on the little representation that, you know, gay men do have, right? Right. Like, why do you have to say that you want other things while saying that, while like trying to put down like the people that are, you know, it's, that are represented the way that they are. Yeah, and those are actually really good points. And I wanted to address first the 
uh, talking point of the masculinity that's usually addressed within these scenarios being toxic, you have to realize that in our communities, toxic masculinity is what's always been pushed to the forefront. So when we see quote unquote masculine gay men that are being represented in media, it's normally in these archetypes. Like um, like Prince Onyx said, Teak uh, has a jail mindset. He just got out of jail, you know, it is a different landscape, the pandemic, the, the riots, et cetera, the progression of the LGBT movement, but it's still a blend in mindset. So if you're blending in into a group of people that usually uplift toxic masculinity, you have to incorporate it. That includes the misogyny, that includes the shitting on femme people, because we know a lot of these stories usually involve DL men that will openly shit on feminine gays just for the point of trying to further themselves from that group of people. And then we also have to look at how, um, damn, you said a lot. Uh, <laughs> you also have to look at how there is a hierarchy in every community. So when we look at these marginalized groups of black and brown people, uh, people want to be lifted on a pedestal. That's what we saw in Pose where, you know, the trans girls were saying, there are white gays, there are black and brown gays, there are white lesbians, there are white trans girls, and then there's us colored trans girls. So it's like there's a hierarchy that people are constantly trying to uplift themselves by shitting on others. So I, I, I hope I addressed all that because that was a good amount of points to make. <laughs> but um, that, that's my understanding of it, at least. Uh, Justin, you have your hand up. Me, you talking about me? Um, yeah. Um, a lot of queer men, you know, can be misogynistic. You know, I mean, we live in a homophobic society where queerness is like, you know, demonized. Even though it's progressing socially, not politically, unfortunately, it's progressing. Oops. Um, let's wake that up. But um, still, like, the climate is still, it's, the climate is getting better socially. But there's, like, a lot of queer people who are, like, in the closet or who just came out. They really do not like being, you know, gay, you know, or part of that community because it's such a stigma being in a queer man's shoes, especially a feminine queer man's shoes because, you know, a feminine queer man and a masculine queer man, like, they will pass because it's like survival but us who, who are feminine we can't pass we can't we just can't because uh if we, if we can pass for a little minute but what is gonna come out of you in a minute so yeah awareness is not widely accepted as it should be yeah I, I agree with you and um that's the thing that a lot of people need to understand when we do have these conversations about masculine gay men there's usually a privilege that comes with being naturally more masculine just because you can blend into heterosexual environments um just like you said most femme gay men can put on a front for the most part but it's just not natural to people to force themselves to be on the opposite end of the spectrum so it eventually comes out and that's where the issues come um gary you've had your hand up yeah i have more of a question than anything. Um, now, this may be my ignorance, but I would assume that, you know, masculine gay men or DL men, afraid, whoever, would appreciate seeing themselves on screen. So why are they mad? I, I just don't get it. Well, that's the thing. Like I said earlier, 
They demand and beg for other representation, usually when people are saying we need more gay representation in general or queer representation and saying that, oh, well, it's always femmes. What about us masculine men? What about us quote unquote normal men that aren't hyper femme? And then when we get it, they're upset because it's clocking their teeth. But I mean, that's that wasn't every masculine man being upset. That was mostly the DL men because it kind of exposed Oh, we can be, you know, homies, we could be out of jail, we could be masculine, tatted up muscles. But once we're behind closed doors, we can gently caress each other. We can passionately kiss each other. We can sling some peen on each other. And that's what a lot of people were upset about, that it's actually saying, oh no, anybody around you could be gay, in my personal opinion. But um, Prince Onyx, you have your hand up, then we'll get CKC and Kishi. Oh, uh, yeah, just to be really quick and brief, you got to remember Whidbey Valley and it's set in the South, Chuckalisa, Mississippi, to be exact. And that's clearly a part of the Bible Belt. So you got to, and even like in the first season, um, when Lil Murder and Uncle Clifford went on like a date or something like that, or were talking about going out in public, Uncle Clifford had to let Little Murder notice, like, there were several instances of openly gay people being attacked. There was this, there was a lesbian couple that you talked about that was sexually assaulted when they were out on a date. There were two gay guys who got, who got murdered for being out in the open. So it's like, you know, with Teak and Lil Murder, again, like Nico just said, it, it angered people who demand for that type of representation because they got clocked because now they feel like somehow in their minds they feel like when they go outside with a homeboy everybody's gonna be like girl you saw that episode of p valley they might be you know it's like they they, they're so paranoid in their minds to where they think oh shit i'm gonna get clocked it's like ain't nobody gonna clock you unless you and that that dude is holding hands fa la 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 down the damn street like grow up grow the fuck up no i agree but that's the thing that's why a lot of masculine gay men from my experience at least have said I prefer to have other masculine gay friends that are just like homeboys that nobody will know. You know, that old storyline that we see on OnlyFans videos pop up all the time, me and the homie. But that's why they like that kind of energy in their partners, just because they can go stealth in public and nobody would know. But like you said, now everybody going to be looking over their shoulders and that's why they're scared. Um, CKC, you had your hand up next, then Kishi, then Trey. Yeah, I'm glad that Prince Onyx made that distinction about it being in the deep south. I feel like something that I, I forget as someone who lives in the Pacific Northwest and is in around people that are more open about their sexuality, um, for as wide as this place is, that's the one benefit, um, is that when you're a DL, at least my memories of being in the closet, uh, you just have paranoia and anxiety every day about someone figuring out, even if you are someone who comes off as traditionally masculine, you just, you have this ingrained like paranoia and fear about someone figuring out what you're doing. Um, and I can't imagine what that's like when you're carrying that into your twenties and thirties as an adult. So um, I can get that in some extent, why some like DL or trade people re reacted in some way. On the other hand, I still think it's interesting in terms of showing like a full picture of other types of gay or bi or just queer men in general. Um, so that's good. But that's the main thing I wanted to comment. Ah, I see. And I agree. Um, Prince Onyx did bring up the interesting point about it being in the South, because a lot of people, they like to take shows, movies, etc. out of the setting. They like to dissect it on an objective level while not realizing they're in Mississippi, like I said in that video, like it is still extremely homophobic. So it's understandable that some, that, that's why when we discuss DL men, 
I don't get upset if they are just DL and minding their business. I'm only like, okay, if you have a wife, if you have a girlfriend and you're still creeping, I don't condone cheating. Other than that, if you want to live in stealth for a safety reason, because like they said in the show, a lesbian couple were attacked, a gay couple was openly murdered, it, it, it's just best for safety to just be stealth in those situations. Um, and we also have Kishi here, who usually brings some really good insight. <laughs> um, and we've talked about it in the past. I'm pretty much a connoisseur of the trade men. You know, um, I do love P-Valley. Um, I do have a crush on Little Murder because that's generally the men who are in my inbox trying to get their booty hole fingered. So, um, you know, I, I really love the show. And I think, um, honestly, when it comes to this subject, who cares that trade men get upset? I sure don't care um, because their slip is starting to show and it's not just in the community, but now it's on television. Um, I think more and more as uh, LGBT stories are being told, not just the good is being broadcast, but also all of the all of the bad and the ugly that comes with it. Because my first two sexual experiences, like my first sexual contact and my first like all the way experience, were with trade DL guys, and. Um, you know, I don't really see that aspect of queer queer stories shown much. So what I appreciate about P-Valley is the really the authenticity and really what a lot of us have to navigate. Um, and it's not even in the beginning. Like I think through throughout our journey through life, we'll constantly come in contact with these guys who are curious, struggling. Um, a lot of men love being deal. A lot of men love being trade. And I respect them as human beings, but obviously I know what their, I know what their use is. I know what their role is. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I'm just so, I'm, I'm just so impressed by how, gritty p valley is and i i appreciate the fact that they're not trying to sugarcoat it and they're not trying to um, make it pretty because it's just not i mean i don't know how many of you in here have dated or or been in love with or have had a, encounters with dl and trade men but it is a lot of ourselves that we have to give up and dim just to meet them halfway and I want to continue to see these stories broadcast. And um, I'm just, I, I, I want to see them mad because I'm going to sit here, eat my food and eat my popcorn. So get mad, Trade, because it's not over. It continues and it gets even juicier. That's all I've got to say for now. I know that's right. But that's actually a very good point. Like when we look at our queer representation, we never see these in-between stories of the intimacy or the lengths you have to go to to meet them halfway, essentially. Because like I've always said, when you're dealing with a DL man, you essentially have to partially put yourself back in the closet and you have to make sure that this relationship never becomes public. And that's just something that I personally could not do. That's why I usually keep it at DL men should date other DL men or you should just be a sexual interaction. That's because we've seen time and time again where feminine or out gay men 
will purposely try to out DL or masculine men whenever something doesn't go their way. And that's not always the case, but it happens quite often because some people are messy. So, I mean, that's why for safety reasons, I'm usually like DL with DL, or if you mess with a DL, just keep it strictly physical so nobody gets their feelings hurt. Oh my God. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, that comment had me gagging, but you know, I, I do think I do think it would be it would be ideal if DL and trade men dated each other, but they they want a lot of us that are out. They want us. There's something about us. I think they're I think they're turned on by that taboo. I think they're turned on by the 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 potential risk. And you know, also like I I like fucking around with them because they're fun and they're flexible. And you know, I like a little thrill myself. I like a little adrenaline. You know what I'm saying? I'm not into hard drugs, but I'm into some trade ass. Yes. So up to that apartment building with that dude with three strikes. I right. don't know what that Wow, yes, just wow, just mwah, yes. Especially if they've done a little jail time, wow, yes. Okay, okay, I don't know what that one was about. but <laughs> um, Trey, you've had your hand up for a while. We only have a few minutes left and you are our resident trade. So it would be interesting to have your viewpoint on this. Okay, Um, I don't watch Big Valley. I only see um, the clips that went viral. Um, I didn't see or masculine gay men being mad about it. I really only think straight men being mad about it. But um, while I personally don't care about masculine gay representation, it is good to have, you know, you know, there's different facets of gay people, although I don't know how what good it does because, like you brought up the point, a lot of people who are masculine and gay, who are not necessarily DL, just kind of go through life not really speaking their sexuality because we can blend in. That was facts. I won't, people don't assume unless I tell them or something. So, but the thing is, when they do find out, then, and no matter how masculine you're being, you know, like how masculine you are, they automatically just assume femininity. Like when my female friend found out, I told her, the first thing she said was, like, Oh, you have a purse? You ain't never known me to be the kind of man to have a purse. But now that you find out that I mess around with dudes too, now it's I have a purse. So no matter how masculine you are, once they find out, they're just going to automatically go, oh, he's fine. So I was like, you, you know, damn well, wasn't no man to have a purse before. So now that you find out how fuck with dudes too, why would I have a purse now? But that's besides the point. Um, I just, I do wish though that the representation, like every time they do present or represent a masculine gay dude, there's always a masculine gay thug, DL rapper. Like, why can't it just be a regular guy, black man from... I don't know, a middle class family going through his struggles that masculine and gay. He doesn't have to be a thug, you know, because while the masculine gay does, I guess that's my archetype, but I don't see myself in the the, the rapper, the DL rapper, hardcore type. I'm just a regular guy. So I wish I had that representation, but, you know, we'll get in there. We get in there. That's all I got to say. No, I feel you on that. And that's a lot of um, people's complaints where they're saying we do want more representation, but we don't want it to be so stereotypical, especially because when we see the masculine gay archetype for black men, like you said, it's usually the thug or the, you know, DL rapper, that kind of thing. And people just want normal escapism, a rom-com, a comedy, a horror movie. Like they just want normal television and or movies and representation but with gay characters. And that's what I feel like we're slowly moving towards. But 
we're just getting representation in multiple facets, so it might take a while. Um, yeah, because don't white gays been have representation forever, for for longer than the black gays. Like you know, black trans women, you know, like had po- had like you know a rate of representation at, at polls in 2018, and and prior to there were barely any black trans women on television. True, true. And I feel like representation is definitely expanding, but uh, it's definitely going to take more time because unfortunately, like we saw with the trans characters in Pose, they haven't gotten any more like actual acting roles while Billy Porter, who is a cisgendered uh, gay man, is continuously flourishing within the community and getting awards. So it kind of baffled me seeing as how he was a quote unquote secondary character to their to their plight, but they kind of shoehorned him as the main character towards the end. But I can't go on that tangent because I really feel like Billy Porter was not the object, like the object of Pose, but he became it later on because we have less than a minute. Thank you for everybody joining in and I can't wait to see you at the next one. Uh, This was a very informative conversation. All right, boop.